I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me remotely today from Rehoboth Beach is Sue Early, the Executive Director of the Rehoboth Beach Film Society. Welcome, Sue. Thank you for having me. Just to make you make, tease you a little bit, we're having a beautiful sunny day down here. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's actually sunny here too, but I'm not at the beach. <laughs> so good to see you. It's been a while since we've had a chance to talk. In fact, I think it is, uh, was in the pre-COVID era that we last uh, did a radio show. So let's uh, hear a little bit about what you've been doing since COVID hit. I'm impressed that you've been able to sustain programming and uh, accommodate audiences in a safe way and artistic way. So let, let's hear a little bit about what you've been doing. Okay, so we reopened on June, we reopened our theater on June 5th, but during the pandemic, we introduced our, our followers to uh, virtual cinema, which is you know, connecting on a link on your computer and watching TV, uh, watching a film on a hopefully a, a very large TV and enjoying it. No problem with reading subtitles from your living room couch, as opposed to a theater. Um, but you know, the technology was challenging for people. We provided directions and videos. Um, some have been successful and are enjoying it. Um, so when we reopened uh, at a much reduced seating capacity, our main theater of 104, we're only allowing 25 people in uh, with significant safe distancing plan. Um, face coverings are required while you're in the venue by staff, volunteers, and patrons. Um, and we're showing films in both theaters, but we're still continuing the virtual cinema. So we're really kind of showing double what we normally do. Um, and it's, 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 been, it's been a challenge. How have your audiences uh, been uh, responding to uh, the, the limited seating and the required mask wearing and that sort of thing? Uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, everybody was 100% positive. They really appreciated the distance. They didn't mind wearing the mask. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we started to get a few people who were a little bit in disagreement with that. But, you know, we asked them to do it. We turn off the lights. We hope they're still doing it. Uh, we can't get into a role of patrolling. Um, but for the most part, those people who have come, have been very appreciative and have made many repeat visits. There's still a large group out there, uh, understandably, are fearful of the risk because they're so vulnerable to the virus. Now, I, I'm curious with the uh, virtual cinema that you've been doing. Uh, I know this has been an issue for some of our performing arts organizations that are trying to present some kind of programming online. Are you able to uh, monetize that, and I, I hate to sound too commercial, but I mean that that is that's an important challenge for arts organizations. Right. So um, typically, there's a gross amount that's brought in uh, that we have to take out the credit card fees, which interesting doesn't happen when we're showing a film at our site. We can't deduct the credit card fees, but by virtual cinema. The distributor takes the credit card fees, and then um, it's usually distributed between a split between 40 and 50 percent. Collectively, we've, we, we're running about 44 percent, keeping the sales of virtual cinema. Okay. 
have you found the virtual cinema increasing, decreasing? Uh, and what's, what's your response from your, your patrons uh, to the virtual cinema? Well, they're very appreciative of it. Uh, we have a very supportive book club that every other month picks a film that they watch on virtual cinema and use it as the topic in their, their monthly discussion. Um, it, it's a mix. You know, some people you use the word computer, <laughs> they don't want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, other pe people are more um, willing to learn. Uh, and again, it really depends upon the film. Mm -hmm. You know, if a film really sounds appealing to them or they know who's in it, they're more apt to, to give it a chance. So it's, it's a mixed bag. Now, I, I'm curious, it thought just occurred to me, I mean, for many of our arts organizations in having to present programming virtually, uh, they are, they've had the challenge of transitioning from live performance to virtual performance. Whereas the nature of your business is film, so it's, it's on a screen to begin with. Have you found that transition for your patrons uh, less uh, daunting, I, for lack of a better word? Well, I, I think um, there's two things that they miss. There's no television that's going to be as big as the screen right. in our theater, which gives you a, you know, a different perspective. But what else they miss is the camaraderie, mm -hmm. you know, watching something together and walking out and talking to other people about it, end up having a discussion in the parking lot, which may lead to, hey, have you had dinner yet? Why don't we go to this local restaurant? Okay. So there's a lot more to the experience when you're doing it in a group setting versus at home. And, and that's important. That group setting is important. Yeah, and that's an interesting point because, I mean, we at the Division of the Arts and the arts sector in general talk about the economic impact of arts activity on local restaurants and parking meters and all that other stuff. And, and as you point out that, a lot of that impact is, is lost in what you do. Now, I'm, I'm curious, from the other side, the supply of films, uh, has that been interrupted at all in your access to uh, uh, what is primarily, I guess, independent films that you, you film? Most, most definitely, um, in an, in a, unfortunately, in a negative way. Many distributors are pushing back the release dates of films. Um, when it comes to virtual cinema, cinema, there's a capital outlay that the distributor has to make a decision about making um, um, to you know, determine whether they're gonna bring back enough to cover that and make some money. So sometimes, so, our, so definitely our, our selection is much more limited. Um, and sometimes a virtual cinema distributor will say, look, I, I really can't afford to convert this. Can you use a Blu-ray instead? Mm -hmm. Now, most of our audience won't know the difference, but uh, there are some people who notice that DCP is the highest quality, um, virtual cinema and DC and Blu-ray, there's, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Are you able to, I mean, clearly you're with the live uh, cinema with people coming into your, your theaters, uh, you're limited in the number you can accommodate. Have you been, are you pleased with the ability to fill the houses as much as you can with the COVID restrictions? Well, we're actually able to fill the house more than we choose to do. Okay. Um, we choose to be a smaller number as a way of encouraging people to come out 
feeling that they will feel safer. Mm-hmm. Um, that works for some. Some people are just still rooted in their homes. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm curious. One of the issues any venue has to consider is, is not only the spacing during the performance, and in your case, the showing of a film, but also the coming into the venue and the exiting the venue. What kind of precautions have you taken there? So we have a one-way in and a one-way out that are separated by ropes. And the one-way in, there's uh, taping on the carpet as to where you should stand. Um, We are encouraging people to um, purchase their tickets online. Mm -hmm. So when they come in, there's no interaction. Uh, I'll tell you something that's interesting is um, the use of our laboratories has mm-hmm. decreased significantly. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is amusing. Now, I, I'm curious, are you selecting films that are shorter in duration? Although most people, I guess, they're used to sitting through a, a feature length film anyway without using uh, facilities. I missed that. I, 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 think, I think your question was about runtime. Did I cut out it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let, let me re ask that. Sorry to our listeners. Uh, yeah. Are you selecting shorter films because of uh, people's concerns about being in closed spaces for any length of time or to, to help eliminate the need to use restrooms? Um, people have not expressed that to us, but it has been my thought that we need to keep around the 90 minute mark as much as we can uh, so that people feel they can come in and go out in a relatively short time. There have been some films that have been two hours or more that we've turned down, especially in the beginning. Um, Our length of time that we're selecting is a little bit longer now, uh, but not much. And so when you already have a limited supply of films to choose from, Mm -hmm. runtime reduces that supply even even more. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a minute before the break here, I I wanna ask, I haven't touched on this, for listeners who aren't familiar with uh, Rehoboth Beach Film Society, what are the types of films that you show and what's your selection process? Uh, we show independent films, both features and documentaries. Uh, in various festivals, we also show shorts. Uh, actually, sometimes at the theater, we show shorts too. We show the, the, uh, um, the final Oscar contenders for um, animation and um, narrative. Um, our process is, well, we have access to a lot of information about various films and emails that we get, but we also have a programmer who will send a selection of films. And I research them and watch trailers and so on, and then try to make a decision based on what I think will suit our audience, which can be very different from some of the films that do very well in major cities. So it's a... Good. Well, let me uh, just interrupt for a minute here to uh, remind our listeners that you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Joining me remotely today is Sue Early, the Executive Director of the Rehoboth Beach Film Society. We're talking about Rehoboth Beach Film Society, obviously, and uh, what I'd like to do now, Sue, is, is segue to your upcoming uh, Rehoboth Beach Independent Film Festival, which is running from November 5th through the 15th. And I believe this is the 23rd anniversary of the film festival, but it looks like it's going to take on a different uh, format this year. Yes. 
our theme is actually a different year, a different festival. Uh, and we think it's going to be a memorable one. Um, one of the, we also have a programmer that, um, that works on this festival. And one of the criteria of him was everything needs to be positive. Our audience needs a lot of positivity at this time. And I will say that he, he definitely came through. Um, we have 15 films total, which is a great, a great reduction. Um, four of them are going to be at our theater. Uh, multiple screenings of each one, again, at that reduced seating capacity. Um, nine of them are going to be solely virtual cinema. And one of them is going to be both at the theater and virtual cinema. Um, we're also going to schedule some Zoom discussions because again, that was, that was one, of the, um, one of the positive points about the festival experience is that you got to talk to people while you were waiting in line. What did you see? What didn't you see? What did you like? What did you think about this? And a sharing of perspectives. So we want to try to bring that element of the festival uh, to our following as well. Do you want to talk about some of the specific films that you're featuring this year? Uh, well, one of them is, is pretty relevant because we just had a passing of musician and activist Helen Reddy. Mm -hmm. um, so we're showing I Am Woman. It's an uplifting biographical music drama. Um, and Paul, I almost bet that you won't be able to get that song out of your mind now for the rest <laughs> of the day because that's the, that's the way it's been for us. Uh, we're also uh, showing a compelling musical documentary called Billy. And it's about one of those famous jazz singers, Billie Holiday. Uh, one that I think is very interesting and very funny is, Don't, is Donut King. Uh, it's, a, it's another documentary. And it's, it's sort of a rags to riches story about a refugee from Cambodia arriving in America. And by the title, you can sort of get an idea of, of what it's about, but I don't want to give it away. Um, there's, again, 10... Um, 10 of those are virtual cinema. Um, one last deal. Uh, this film was made in Finland and it's uh, about a elderly art dealer who's sort of ending his career and he stumbles on something that can make a huge, uh, huge famous deal for him if it, if it works out. And so there's a little bit of a, uh, not a mystery, but an adventure in that one. Draws him um, out of retirement. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry? Does it draw him out of retirement? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, we're also um, showing the film The Hidden Life of Trees, which is a beautiful nature documentary, and it's based on Peter Wollaben. I know I just massacred that name. Nonfiction bestseller of the same name. And it opens our eyes to the hidden world of the woods. Oh, so there's a, yeah, there's a, a lot of variety of topic matter and the countries uh, where our films co are coming from. Uh, Mongolia is one. I mentioned Finland. Germany is another. Um, Chile is another. Saudi Arabia has a very interesting film about a, a, a courageous woman's struggle to run for political office. Mm. Um, so there's a really varied assortment of films that I think people will find very, very interesting and enjoyable. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Um, I, with the virtual uh, cinema that you're offering, 
I, I imagine you're going to be able to reach a much wider geographic audience than in past years. Uh, any any uh, uh, any data you have or any information you have on how you've been able to reach new audiences through uh, virtual cinema? Uh, not for, not so far, but for the festival, we really intend to uh, use social media as much as we can mm -hmm. and get our board members and employees and volunteers to spread using their Facebook to share the information of our festival. So we're hoping that we're going to reach out a lot farther. Okay. I'm curious, uh, how, how does this, so the virtual cinema work? I mean, I would know how to get a film on my phone or on my computer, but how, how do you instruct people to be able to view these films on their televisions? It's funny. We are going to, we are going to be sending out an email this week about preparing. And the first thing is you get an HDMI cord. Okay. That's the magic. Okay. Uh, and you can hook the back of your TV to your computer, to your laptop. If you have um, a, an iPhone or an iPad or an Apple computer, it's a different type of connection. Right. But we do have instructions on our website with videos. Okay. So it's basically just uh, the purchase of a cable that you can connect your computer to your television. That's it. And then Simple. You, then you set your television to find the computer and show what's on the computer. That's right. right? Yep. So it's very easy. Well, that, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Now, with, with the uh, film festival, uh, do you have any sense of how many people you're going to be able to serve? I mean, by doing this virtually, uh, that sort of overcomes the restrictions you have on uh, seating in the physical space. It does, but there are also limitations on that as well, because um, we're actually paying up front for some of the virtual. So we're allowed a certain number. Now we can expand that. We can say, hey, we've reached that number. We want to do another 200 right. or 250 or whatever. Um, but um, for the most part, yes, it does, it does allow more access. So how does it work somebody accessing a virtual film? Would they go to your website, which we haven't mentioned yet. So uh, let's make sure we do that. Would they, would they register to view a virtual film and then get a link to it? Or how does that work? Exactly. So our website is www.rehobithfilm.com. And all our films will be listed with descriptions and trailers. And if they're virtual, there'll be a link that you click on that. You go to that link. Uh, and some of them require you to sign up. But, you know, I don't want people to be deterred from that. It's not used for anything. Um, and you pay with a credit card, um, and then you receive the actual link to the film. Um, some of them, the timeline varies. Some of them, you have a week to watch it. Some of them, it's 72 hours. Um, we'll have more information on that to provide uh, right before the festival. So the, the uh, films that you're showing in your theaters are scheduled times, but the virtual films, the virtual cinema, they can watch at their convenience. Yep. They wake up at two in the morning and want to watch a film, they can do it. Now, can they watch the same film more than once? Uh, that, that's gonna, that has to be worked out. Okay. You know, because it varies and we need to get, we need, we want to have um, 
the same terms for everything. So we're, we're still working with the distributors now on that. Got it, got it. How, how has this uh, whole COVID situation impacted your, your staff? I and mean, what sort of shifting of gears have they had to make? Well, we now take our garbage home with us. <laughs> uh, we do weeding outside. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, there's more time to, um, we spend more time speaking with people on the phone, giving them directions. Uh, we're very much aware of the ticket sales and that's, that's saddening because, um, what we've done since the pandemic started in sales, we've done in less than a month before this happened. Yeah. So it's it's a slow it's a slow pace on sales, but it's a lot of work because we're showing we're making available double the amount of films. Mm -hmm. So it's double the descriptions, double the website postings, double the follow up accounting and bookkeeping. So we're not sitting around. We're really more busy. And then there's applying for COVID relief in right. numerous ways. Right. So we're we're still very busy. Oh. But we have more telephone interaction with people now than we have in the past. And uh, lest our listeners think that all you're gearing up for is the film festival, you are continuing to show films on a regular basis, both in your theaters and uh, through virtual cinema, right? That's correct. Okay. So in uh, 30 seconds, we have left again, the website people can go to to find out information about the film festival and your current films. Uh, the film festival coming up November 5th through 15th. What's the website again? www.rehobothfilm.com. Great. Well, thanks, Sue Early, Executive Director of the Rehoboth Beach Film Society. It's been great chatting with you today, and uh, best of luck with the upcoming film festival. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Yep.